How are you doing? It's time for us to revisit my favourite old red book again. suggestions take a look at the show notes and the links are all there with my email address and my link to buy me a coffee I love coffee I'm a latte girl so I never say no to a latte especially this time of year gingerbread latte is my favourite so it's a shameless plug to ask you to send me a coffee if you can. Without further ado, let's dive back into the Enid Blyton Book of Fairies. Tonight's episode is a story called The Lost Golden Ball. There was great excitement in Fairyland. The Queen's heralds had just gone through the streets of Chieftown and blown on their silver trumpets to say that every fairy was to go to the big market place and wait there for the Queen to come. Oh yay, oh yay, oh yay, they cried. Her Majesty wishes to speak with all of you at half past nine this morning. What can it be about? cried the excited fairies, gathering here and there in little crowds. Perhaps someone's been naughty, or perhaps the Queen wants us to do something for her. Ding dong, ding dong, chimed all the bluebells suddenly. Quarter past nine, called the fairies to each other. Come along to the marketplace, everybody. The Queen will be coming in a few minutes. Off flew the fairies and elves and off ran the pixies, gnomes and brownies as fast as they could. Presently, a great crowd was gathered in the marketplace, all wondering what their queen wanted them for. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, chimed the bluebells. Half past nine, here she comes, isn't she beautiful? Hip hip hurrah, cheered the fairies as the queen flew down to the throne and sat high in the middle of the marketplace. Good day to you all, she said in a clear silvery voice when all the fairies were quiet and not a sound could be heard. I've come to ask your help. You all know that the Prince of Dreamland has been staying here and has lately gone back to his own country. Yes, your majesty, answered the listening fairy. He carried with him a bright golden ball which had closely hidden inside it the secret of a new magic spell. 
It's a wonderful spell which he hoped would make his ill princess well again. You all know she's been ill. Yes, your majesty, and we're very sorry, called the fairies. On his way home, went on the queen, his carriage was drawn by six white rabbits. Suddenly, a dog began barking in the distance. And the rabbits were so frightened that they ran away and in their fear upset the carriage. In the confusion and muddle the golden ball was lost and the prince of dreamland cannot find it anywhere. Will you help to find it? Oh yes we'd love to your majesty answered all the fairies in great excitement. Very well, go now and seek for it, commanded the Queen. You must find it today, for the spell inside the ball will be no use tomorrow. It must be used before the moon is full. Off went all the fairies, helter-skelter, through the woods and the lanes. I shall look in the long grass, said Fairy Rosemary. I'm sure I shall find it. I shall look in the little pools said a yellow pixie. It might easily have rolled into one. Come along and help me pixie folk. We are going to hunt in the squirrels nests, shouted the frolicking elves. We think the squirrels might have found it and hidden it. Where are you going to look Corinne? shouted the brownies, speaking to an ugly little gnome who was sitting on a mossy stone, thinking, I, I think I shall look under the gorse bushes, said Corinne. Pooh, fancy looking there. You'll get prickled all over. You are a silly billy, sang the brownies, dancing around Corinne and laughing. Corinne hated being laughed at. He was a shy little gnome, ugly and clumsy. He couldn't do the dainty things his comrades did. He looked so funny when he tried to dance, and although the fairies tried not to, they simply couldn't help laughing. And when he began to sing, everybody flew away as fast as they could. This hurt him very much. Why don't they love me and want to be with me? He used to think sadly, going off by himself. He was too shy to ask the other fairies and gnomes to be his friends and to like him. He was much too shy to tell them he loved them. And as nobody ever guessed what he thought, Corinne always was left alone for everybody thought he was cross and surly and didn't want to make friends. Oh dear said Corinne sadly to himself as the brownies ran off to look for the golden ball. Why does everyone laugh at me and nobody wants to come with me? I wish I wasn't ugly and stupid. He wandered off by himself looking for a gauze bush to peep underneath. He found one and lay down in the grass to wriggle underneath it. It was very prickly and very horrid. Ha ha ha, ho ho ho, suddenly laughed someone. 
Corinne, no, what in the world are you doing? Do you want to find out if prickles are prickly? Bother, thought Corinne, wriggling out again. Someone is always laughing at me. He sat up on the grass and brushed away the bits of gauze that had clung to him. Then he looked to see who had spoken. It was who? The white owl. He was sitting on a hazel tree and looking very much amused. It is nice of you to laugh at me, said Corinne. I hate being laughed at. I was only looking for the golden ball that the Prince of Dreamland lost. A golden ball, said who? Well, now I believe I know where that is. Oh, do tell me, begged Corinne excitedly. You can't think how I'd love to take it to the dear Queen. Well, I'm sorry I laughed at you just now, if you didn't like it, said Who. And to show you I'm sorry, I'll tell you where I saw the golden ball. Oh, thank you, thank you, said Corinne, gratefully whisper in my ear, Who. So Who flew down and whispered in Corinne's ear. As I flew by the heath the other night, I saw something gleaming in the moonlight. It was rolling by itself and I knew it was magic. I watched where it went and I saw it roll down beneath the silver birch tree, under a piece of bracken by the bank where grey is the rabbit lives. You will find it there. Thank you ever so much, said Corinne, jumping up and down excitedly. To it, to it, don't mention it, called Who, flying off silently into the trees. Hurrah, hurrah, I'll find the ball. What fun, thought Corinne, running as hard as he could over the grass. The bank where Grey Ears lived was a long, long way away, and he knew he would have to hurry. He came to the heath. It was a big common called Hampstead Heath stretching away in the distance. To Corinne's surprise, it was packed with crowds and crowds of people, some walking, some sitting, and some picnicking. He hid behind a tree and watched. Although he didn't know it, it was Whit Monday, and everyone had come out into the sunshine, away from the shops, away from the busy towns, and away from their stuffy offices. There were children, everywhere, running and laughing and playing. Mothers sat here and there and fathers played cricket with the boys and girls. Dear me, what a crowd of people, thought Corinne, and how happy they all look. He watched them for some time and then decided he must go and look for the golden ball. He slipped from the bush to bush and tree to tree unseen, wrapping his green cloak around his red jacket and brown trousers. He passed many groups of happy children on his way across the heath, but none of them saw him. And he glided behind a gorse bush.
stopped suddenly and slipped to the other side. There was a little girl behind it, sitting on the grass and crying. He didn't want her to see him. He was going on his way when an extra large sob from the little girl stopped him. I wonder what's the matter with her, said Corinne to himself, peeping around the bush. She was a dear little girl and she had short curly hair, big blue eyes filled with tears and a crying drooping mouth. I want my mummy, she kept saying. I want my mummy. I'm so lonely. I do want my mummy. He was somebody else who was lonely besides Corinne. And Corinne knew how miserable it was to feel lonely and dreadfully sorry for the little girl. He wondered if his ugly face would frighten her if he spoke to her. He decided to try. He slipped out from behind the gauze bush and stood in front of her. She looked up, surprised. Oh, she said, what a dear little man. I'm sure you're a fairy, aren't you? Corinne was so astonished to hear anyone call him a dear little man, he couldn't say anything. He just stood up and smiled delightedly. The little girl put her hand out and stroked him. I'm so glad to see you, she said. I was just wishing a fairy or something would come and help me. What's the matter with you? asked Corinne, finding his voice at last. I heard you crying. Well, I'm lost, said the little girl, her eyes filling with tears. I'm Anne, and I've lost my mummy in all that crowd, and I can't find her. I'm so sorry, said Corinne. But you'll find her for me, won't you? said the little girl, cheering up. Fairies can do anything, you know. Corinne stared at her. I'm afraid I can't stop any longer, he said. You see, I'm doing something very important today, else I would have stopped. The little girl began to cry again. Aren't I important too, she sobbed. You aren't the nice kind fairy I thought you were. I'm surprised at you, I really am. Corinne couldn't bear to see her cry and sat down by her and put his arms around her. Don't cry, little girl, he said. I'll give my important business to someone else to do and then I can stay and help you. Oh, you darling, said Anne and kissed him. I love you ever so. Corinne was filled with delight to hear her say so. He never remembered hearing anyone say that to him before. He thought children must be simply lovely and if they went about loving everyone like that, then wow. I will be dreadfully disappointed not to find the golden ball and to let someone else get it, he thought. But if this little girl wants me, I don't mind giving up finding it at least. I don't mind very much. He told Anne to stay where he was, where she was, and running to a pixie he saw by some bracken, he shouted to him. Who told me where the golden ball was? It's under the bracken, by the birch tree, growing near the bank where Greyers lives. 
At once, the pixie darted off delightedly and Corinne returned to the little girl. I've told someone else my important business, he said. Now tell me what your mother's like and I shall go and find her. She's got curly brown hair and kind eyes, said Anne. And she's got a lovely purple hat with big red roses on it and a purple coat. Oh, I'll be sure to find her easily, said Corinne. Stay here till I come back. I'll eat my dinner while you're gone, said Anne, opening a little basket of sandwiches. Would you like to take some with you? No, thank you, said Corinne. I don't think I should like your food very much. You eat it all yourself. You are a kind little man, said Anne, giving him a hug. I really think you've got the kindest face I ever did see. Corinne was so delighted to hear anyone praise his ugly face and call it kind that he almost shouted for joy. He ran off happily. He searched and searched for a long time, but nowhere did he see a lady with a purple hat and red roses. There were plenty of red roses, but no purple hats. Oh dear, oh dear, I must find Anne's mother, said Corinne desperately. At last he went back to Anne to see what she was doing. She was fast asleep. I'll go and have another look said Corinne, who was getting very tired of searching all over the crowded heath. I do hope I find her mother this time. As he wandered over the heath again, looking around him as he went, he suddenly saw a very sad-looking lady, who was also looking all round her as she went. He looked at her hat. It was purple with red roses, and her coat was purple too. It must be Anne's mother. Corinne hurried up to her. Please, he said, are you looking for Anne? Yes, yes, I am, answered the lady, not seeming at all surprised to see Corinne. Oh, do you know where she is? Pray, pray, tell my little, tell me where my little girl is quickly. Is she all right? Quite all right, said Corinne. Follow me. He walked off quickly in the direction of Anne's gauze bush and the mother followed closely behind. On the way, the pixie popped his head from behind a piece of bracken and called to Corinne. I went to the bank where Grey's lives, but I couldn't find the golden ball, Corinne. Oh, I'm sorry. I expect someone else found it first then, answered Corinne, hurrying on. At last they reached the place where Anne was. She was just waking up. As she heard their mother's footsteps, she looked up and saw her mother. Mummy, mummy, she cried, flinging herself into her mother's arms. Oh, mummy, I'm glad it's you. I lost you and I've been so lonely. The mother clasped the little girl close and as though she would never let her go, she kissed her curly head again and again. That dear, kind little man helped me said Anne. Oh you dear fairy, I want to give you something. I found it this morning and it's ever so pretty. I'd love to keep it for myself but I want to give it to you because you've been so nice and I love you. Luke. 
She took something from her basket and held it out to Corinne. It was the Prince of Dreamland's lost golden ball. I found it under some bracken by a birch tree, said the little girl. I want you to have it, Corinne. Corinne was so astonished and delighted that he could hardly say thank you. He gave Anne a hug, took the ball and said goodbye and ran off fast as he could, thinking that surely children were the nicest things in all the world. He ran and ran and ran, hoping he would get to the marketplace where all the fairies were to meet before it was too late. As he came near, he saw hundreds of fairy folk gathered there and the Queen was speaking. Thank you all for looking, she was saying. I'm dreadfully sorry nobody found the golden ball, but I expect one of the crowd of people who came to Hampstead Heath today found it instead. I do wish I knew where it was. Here it is, here it is, suddenly called an excited voice. All the fairies turned and saw Corinne making his way to the Queen, holding it in his right hand. It was a wonderful golden ball. Corinne, Corinne's got it. Fancy, Corinne's found it, cried all the fairies to each other. Oh, Corinne, how lovely, said the Queen gladly. Where did you get it? Then Corinne knelt down and told all the story of the day's happenings. You've done well, said the Queen. You gave up something you wanted for the sake of a little girl and lo and behold, the little girl gave you what you thought you'd given up, the golden ball. It was a good reward for unselfishness. Now tell me, what wish shall I, shall I grant you for bringing me this golden ball? Oh, please, your majesty, let me go and play on Hampstead Heath with the children, begged Corinne. I believe they'd love me, and I do so want to be loved. I don't think my mind, my ugly face, or anything is as bad when I'm with them. And I'd love to find their mothers for them when they're lost. The Queen smiled. We all love you. Now we want you to go and be loved, she said. Yes, you may and go and live on Hampstead Heath and look after the children there, Corinne. And to this day, Corinne can be found there. No child need fear being lost, for Corinne will be sure to help them somehow, whether the child sees him or not. He's happy as can be, for all the children love him, and he is happiest of all on bank holidays. For then, he has so many children to look after, he hardly knows where to begin. And that's where today's story finishes. Until next time, take care.